Welcome to RTFM. This is your last chance to back Outer Rim Uprising, this episode's sponsor. Uh, it's an amazing Mothership box set. You can go to OuterRimUprising.com. It will take you to the Kickstarter. It's funded. It's ready. You just got to back it, and they'll send you cool pamphlets, in-universe advertisements, adventure supplements. You know, we love a box set. We say it every time. Um... This is our our bitchy podcast. I'm Aaron King. <laughs> it's important to note that. Uh, you can find me at aaronsrpgs.tumblr.com. Let me tell you all, Tumblr is taking off these days. I, I got to get on it. I'm Max. Mm. I'm really bad at Tumblring uh, because I remember when it was used for something else and I was really good at it. Uh, and <laughs> now I don't do that anymore. Um, with us today, we have another Aaron. Aaron, introduce yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Aaron Lim, uh, and uh, I'm a game designer, occasional game uh, teacher in uh, based in Malaysia. Uh, and yeah, I make tabletop games, and most of my stuff uh, you can find on uh, aaronlime.itch.io. That's spelled E-H-R-O-N-L-I-M-E. Yeah, and if you are one of our Patreon backers, we've actually talked about one of Aaron's games before oh, yes. on our yes. Patreon zine show. So yeah. Um, we are, you know, we are fans. Um, please go buy some good games from Aaron. Today, speaking of good games, I don't know. I always feel weird saying that because then I'm worried someone's going to be like, I actually hated this one. But <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about it. So, Possibly speaking of good games, today we are talking about Troika! Exclamation point. Uh, it is written by Daniel Sell, published by Melsonian Arts Council in 2015. A new edition just kickstarted a few months ago. I don't know about the two of you, but I have the first edition. It's called the Numinous Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't be speaking about the new edition. Uh, the mechanics are based on Advanced Fighting Fantasy, which is an old one-player game adjacent to Choose Your Own Adventure, but with dice, which was designed by Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson, uh, who is not mm. the American Steve Jackson, the British one who was the co-founder of Games Workshop. Uh, that uh, Advanced Fighting Fantasy was released in 1982. And uh, this is, I think, as far as I know, like the only descendant of that weird system. Hmm. I love those history lessons. Also, why are there two Steve Jacksons? Every time I'm reminded that there's two <laughs> Steve Jacksons, I'm like, why? Why is this? Why is yeah, this which, which Steve, Steve, this Steve Jackson is the lone wolf one, right? Um, I don't know what lone wolf is. Uh, it's it's like a, a, a like one player um, like game books. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like fighting fantasy and warlock and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, and Games Workshop, and then the American Steve Jackson is GURPS, right? Ah uh, no Boo. no sorry. <laughs> Lone Wolf was by Joe Dever. Joe Dever. But yeah. it's like the same thing. I it's think the similar kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so many steve jacksons uh, i haven't even played uh, i mean i have when i was a young a, a youth played a fighting fantasy game but i'm not even like a fighting fighting fantasy fanatic but i mm-hmm. this is the better steve jackson unless he said some <laughs> bullshit and i don't know about it the better game the better game designer steve jackson i like troika <laughs> since i'm just gonna i'm gonna come up right out right out on top as i was reading it i was reminded i've read it many times before as i was reading yep. it for this episode i was like you know there are a couple games that are, i feel really positively about and every once in a while i have this like if i was a person who played games more than i designed or read them I don't know that I'd need more than Troika <laughs> for like my play style. Whoa. I don't wow. know that I would need more than Troika. I would miss DCC. That would be my, but yeah, I love it. It's what Troika, the discovery of Troika is what inspired me to make himbos. So I can't even talk about right. what I, I don't know. I just like it. I like stuff. It's all good. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I feel like an important note is that like the version that I have, so I, ha- I also have the printed Numinous Edition, and I think there have been edits um, in this because of a couple things that were in it that were not great, but they have right. changed those things. The community was like, hey, that's not cool, and they were like, whoa, yeah, let's get that out of there, is my understanding yeah. of what happened. So, Yeah, yeah I'm reading the PDF of the second printing of the Numinous Edition. 
Uh, so I assume it's the one that's fixed stuff. stuff. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think that's the... It was one of the backgrounds, I think. Maybe two of the backgrounds changed. Right, right. Okay. Because uh, people were like, hey, those are offensive. And I think... Right, kind of a best case scenario when that happens is them just going, oh yeah, we'll fix it in the next edition. Yeah, (laughs) we didn't actually mean to offend anybody, so obviously we're going to take the stuff that offended people out. Great, good. Yeah. Uh, Great use of second editions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Aaron, what what do you think? Are you Troika familiar? Uh, I I have not played it. Uh, this is like my second or third time reading it, uh, and it's it's still like, I I don't think I have like a love for it in the, in the same way that uh, like Max has professed. Uh, but like I I find it really interesting, right? Um, and this this time reading it through, um, I notice <laughs> a few more things that like now that I've I'm a bit more aware of. Um, um, other fiction I, I I mean the main thing is that I didn't realize how many things in there were references to the book of the new sun by Gene Wolfe um, yes. yeah the <laughs> that's El the main Zabo, thing this time right? yeah. oh, the Azabo yeah yeah um, I don't know if the, the zoanthrope is still still in there um, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few other things but like I think the Azabo and, and the zoanthrope and uh, I think one of the one of the other backgrounds is like very obvious um um, Book of the New Sun things. Yeah, one of the notes I took is like, if we can get to it, I would love to talk about like inspirations and how mm. people use them. I know Max has been on record as kind of being generally against a game that's like, oh, I like this novel. I'm just going to try to turn it into a game as directly mm-hmm. as possible. And I think this game yes. does some yeah. interesting right. things with like. Against those, but I love <laughs> inspirations and also right. And and I think so, this so. game does a good job of like letting all these inspirations like sit in a compost heap until something yeah. new grows out of it. Um, do we need to cover basics? It's a pretty simple game. You rolling 2d6 under a stat. If your action is non-contested or 2d6 plus your stat, if it's against someone else, um, the stats are advanced skills. And so there's like fighting and running, but then there's also <laughs> stuff like mathmology um, yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> you are kind of expected to roll a background randomly. There are 36 of them in this book, and I think they are like the biggest. When this game dropped, the everyone was making backgrounds, it felt like. Yep, yep. Um, and so some of them are like basically just a thief from D&D or a warrior from D&D, but some of them are a befowler of ponds who like pees in ponds and can drink gross water. Um, that's that's my so, favorite one. So good. <laughs> that is one of my favorites as well. I mean, they're all like there are, there are really a lot of good ones. Yeah, yeah. I uh, feel like they change every time I read the book because I've read mm. this book and I've played Troika multiple times. And I think this is the first time I've seen the fellow of the Sublime Society of Beefsteaks. Yeah. But I know <laughs> I've read this whole book before, so I think when I'm not looking, some of the backgrounds leave and other ones sneak in. You know yeah. I saw that one the first time I read it through. I made oh. a whole game about it. But yeah. <laughs> made a whole game about it. No, but I do feel like it, every time I've read it, it's the same. Different ones stick out in a way yeah, that I yep. don't feel like they did the first, like the last time I read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very drawn to uh, the member of Miss Kinsey's Dining Club, this, yes. this take around. Um, I don't know what the scene looked like pre-Troika. Like my, my, because this is, you said it was 2016, 2015? 2015. Uh, uh, that is, that predates my indie gaming, my being in the indie game sphere with any like serious, like I'd probably played a couple PBTAs and that would have been it by that point. <laughs> um, but I don't know if that, is why it was so popular because Troika is like very popular, right? Like Troika mm-hmm. feels like, oh, you have, you know, you have like Troika and I don't know, it feels not dissimilar to Apocalypse World or Mothership or like those those indies that become huge things mm-hmm. um, in the world. And maybe it's smaller than that, but in my mind it feels quite large. And I don't know if that's like because it was mechanically noteworthy at the time because it feels like it has so many things that a lot of games do now, but I don't know if that was 
there before. Not that you two have to know if that was there before. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't actually know uh, if it was just like pulling together a bunch of kind of stuff already relevant and around in games or if it actually like did some stuff new uh, and that's why people like latch on to it or whatever. Yeah. Like the backgrounds, like the mechanical integration of like the, the, the backgrounds are so easy to put together because characters are really simple and skills are where your like evocative text lives like possessions and skills are where your evocative text lives and so it's really easy to just be like i'm throwing together a background by putting together like eight fun nouns or whatever and just calling (laughs) four of them a skill and four of them a possession and then you have fun um as a as opposed to like and so it's not as simple to me as some of the really simple i also don't know if it counts as osr i'm sure it does not but in my mind it's very osr adjacent or uh very kind of in that same conversation of design um Mm -hmm. but it's it doesn't feel quite it it doesn't feel as rules light like it's really easy and kind of streamlined but it doesn't feel as rules light as everything else because it can kind of like grow and i don't know i don't know what i'm saying i'm just saying (laughs) it seems i can't figure out what i feel like is unique about it but it does feel like it's there and so yeah. it's weird for me, like, I feel like there's something unique about it, but I can't say, like, oh, it's the, it's the skills, because you just, it's just 2d6 roll under. Like, that's not unique, you know? There's something about how it all meshes together, that, and people point at initiative as, like, the one thing that it does unique that it does unlike any other game. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it does feel like there's some, like, secret combination sauce happening in how everything goes together that is part of why I like it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and uh, th- this kind of ties into like what what uh, Aaron was saying about um, like like drawing from like different influences, um, but then like you know actually boiling it down and like mixing it together into like a new thing, right? Um, not just like recreating a thing one for one. Um, yeah, yeah, it might so, be yeah. that like taking all of those like it just being about weird weird is the genre more than any other genre tropes right and so it's mm-hmm. like if that weird comes from you made a weird fantasy thing great if that may if that's because you joined fantasy and science fiction tropes or mm-hmm. historical and future tropes right like there's all this like the point is about it feels like the 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 point of the the vibe here is like about picking a couple things and trying to mash them together um which does feel kind of different than a lot of other games because it's not fantasy, it's not science, like it's science, it calls itself science fantasy, but it really feels like yeah. pick two genres or pick two inspirations and try and mash them together to come up with the weirdest thing. Well, that's kind of a Troika game or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the hi- historical context as much. Um, Aaron, were you around when, when like, Troika hit? I've actually been all around since 1983. I'm almost 40 now, but uh-huh. uh, <laughs> no, I was, I'm trying to remember. I think I, I was, because that's the same year, is that the same year that D&D 5th edition dropped? 5th uh, dropped in 20... It might be I 2014, but the, it's um, very close. The play test started in like 2012 or 2013, right? Okay. Um, I think um, the the full release was 2015. So same uh, year as Troika. 2014, um, apparently. 2014, yeah. I, just I was, like, at that time, following a bunch of OSR blogs, and so heard of Troika, and... Um, but, like, Itch... No one was selling games on Itch at that point. Yeah. Uh, this was, like, still in the heyday of G+, which I was on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Google social media. And so I would see backgrounds and see people making backgrounds. And it had that fun sense of like when I would buy Dungeon or Dragon magazine before I knew how to play D&D. Yes. And yes. like trying to reverse engineer. And so I was seeing these yeah. backgrounds and people making them. Um, but I didn't get into it until, um, you know, I think that first Kickstarter zine quest is what brought a lot of indie people kind of into community with each other mm-hmm. in a way that to me was like way more important than Kickstarter 
doing anything. I don't, does that make sense? Like so many people found each other. That was when I found like Adam Vass and big bad con and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. that would go on to become very important to me, especially as the pandemic hit. Um, so I do think Troika was like kind of a slow burn. And then I think by the time people started hanging out in zine quest communities and stuff, it was kind of a touch point. It was like the cool cassette tape that people were passing around or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I I, I think there's, there's a, like re- reading through it, there's a couple of things that like stood out for me from like someone who, um, like I think I think in like twenty fifteen twenty sixteen like I I kind of skipped D and D fifth edition until like I didn't even play it until like I think twenty seventeen, um that was my time that was the time when like oh I I, I started in like fourth edition right, uh and I played a lot and then uh, after that it was just like board games full <laughs> full stop, um like I got really into board games uh so I I stopped like playing RPGs so I I stopped paying attention to a lot of, like RPG stuff as well. Um, so I, I, I don't have that like um, understanding of like what, what happened so again is that kind of coming late to the party it's like oh like I feel like everyone already had their go at like making like weird Troika stuff and then <laughs> yeah. um, it's like shifted on to like different places but like coming back to it like there's a lot of things here that um, that is very attractive to me and like very interesting to to to, to see and to talk about Um and, and I, I I don't know if it's okay if we like can we start with the introduction because I really want to talk yeah. about introduction. Yeah. yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. It's anything that anything that takes it's a wonderful place. It's already <laughs> a terrible job of actually talking about what's in the book. Uh, so it's well, great... I, I wasn't sure because like Aaron was going to give sounded like you were going to give like a more o- 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 overview of it. So I don't know if we're done with no, that. No, <laughs> I think I, I'm done with the overview. I don't know. Okay, let's dig in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I think the introduction like like sets up a, a bunch of different things that like that ties into the the stuff that we were talking about, right? Um, like in, in the sense of like setting up an attitude towards a game, right? Like, that like sets like the aesthetic feel of the game and like what it means to like make things for the game as well. Um. Yeah, yeah, not to just like build it up. <laughs> no, it's good. The, I pulled a quote out of it. Uh, the mm-hmm. adventure and wonder is in the gaps. Your game will be defined by the ways in which you fill them. Yes. Um, which is, you know, people talk shit about D&D having rule zero, which is like the GM can always change the rules. And mm-hmm. basically saying like, why am I paying for a game that I have to fix? <laughs> um, but this seems like a much more mindful way of kind of coming at that attitude, which is like, I have tried to write a book that leaves room for you, which is something that all authors should do. Uh, and, um, you know, you are kind of invited in to fill those gaps. I, I liked it. It felt good. It feels yeah. very welcoming also because it has the sentence, you now have the context and key terms to explore the medium independently. And nothing I say here can fully instruct you on what is a deep and rich form of entertainment on par with cinema or fly fishing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which was it's which I, I I laugh at and I laughed at when I read it, but it it actually does that sentence does so much work. It's doing so much yes, work to like yes. set you up for the tone of the game, right? Like Correct. the inclusion of yeah. fly fishing is like you are here for some nonsense and but, also your own weird little niche. Like this yes, is... yes, yes, yeah. Like it's not just about like nonsense, right? It, it is about like hey, it, this is like 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 lighting the sickos beacon, right? Um, like, like, get into like the the thing that you're you're uh, really into. Like, I I reminded of that prosody, someone sketch about like, ooh, ooh, getting into water, right? Like, when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you find a subreddit for right. for a hobby, <laughs> and like, mm, <laughs> do, you, do you want for, you go you go for a tallies or a shorty glass <laughs> kind of person? <laughs> um, yeah. Like treat it like you would any new hobby. Like it's it's a fun way to like start the thing because it's not that like this game doesn't introduce what RPGs are. It sets up a a very kind of high level um, definition of like, what a role playing game is. Right, the highest level you can, which is like you know one one player takes part of the games games master prepares the world. Other players create characters. Go go through a journey, right? 
um, it's it's a very specific uh, definition to like GM games, um, but it is it is a pretty clear definition. And then after that, it's like look, there's a lot of writing, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's going on. Like go go explore yourself, right? Um, which is this, which 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 then has a similar like um, a reflection or like a, a mirror image that's being done or not re- mirror image but like the same, the same move is being made here. Uh, or like look, I you know, um, I've I've written here Troika, a science fantasy RPG. You have some touchstones. There's like you travel by Eldritch Portal, Labyrinth, Golden Sail Barge, right? What you encounter there, I can't tell you. Although you will find things that suggest the shape of things. Suggest the shape of things is like a really, really nice term here. Um, and then like your that quote about like the adventure and wonder is in in the gaps, right? So it's, it it does the same thing. Like I'm setting up something here, and then after that, you you go and like make this your own, um, which is very very uh, like you say, wel- welcoming and also like it it does a a. a a, a very good way of like setting up your expectations for like how the game is written as well um, and presented uh, because there's a there, <laughs> there's a um, it's not to say it isn't being done with care but there is a let's just fucking throw it in the attitude um, <laughs> in the rest of the game right there's no um, there's no call to consistency or, or, or like a a um, like we have to write a game in a certain way to make it clear to you, right? Um, that that attitude isn't there in, in writing this game. The attitude is like I'm gonna write some bullshit that I'm really interested in, and you can take it how how you want, right? And that that also comes in 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 like how these things are written, because like I'm like it, it feels like I don't know Daniel Sell, right? But like the 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 um, the impression I get is that like some backgrounds are like written and like okay here's a very clear kind of um cut and dried kind of like background and then the next one is like a really fun written one right um um or, or, or i think one of the, the things that 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 stood out to me to like jump ahead is like in one of the um the monsters uh when you you compare like how some of them are written up um like uh for example uh i think the uh, the bond shed um, is written as like oh it's this, there's a source of there's an amusing piece of trivia about it and like doesn't really tell you what the bond shed is or does but it's just a little <laughs> fun story about um, this 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 monster uh, uh, and and say like, oh what a lark right um, and and it's written very differently from something like like uh, the bogart like right before it which which seems like written very almost like encyclopedically right um yeah so yeah, i think so, there's oh go ahead so i i was just gonna say that that variety like th- this this kind of introduction allows that sort of ver- and and the 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 tone of the writing allows that sort of variety and like in and kind of like allows you to like just 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 put your put your weird bullshit in here yeah yeah the the rhythm of like like you said having a really normal basically fighter backgrounds and Mm -hmm. then having something very strange i think is a lot easier to digest than if it's just all super out there and strange Mm -hmm. so i i agree that like that is uh something that's done very well in here but i also think like yes there's a lot of strange bullshit thrown in but it's laid out really clearly the backgrounds Mm -hmm. are all on their own page they all have an image the book is just over a hundred pages. Also the, the font is nice and big. I know that pages. sounds stupid. <laughs> the um, colored pages. Yeah, each section is a different color. Um, the headings are like really big and clear. Like it's very simple. Later, it as makes well. navigating the weirdness and if you're just learning an RPG, the kind of difficulty of that like a lot easier than full eight and a half by eleven two dense columns of ten nine point text whatever uh, i also a think a little object it seems like it's laid out quite intentionally to it's not like full spreads but it's kind of spreads you know like most of the information you need is in two pages two pages yeah and and if that means that a page is half empty that means that a page is half is half empty which i think is like sometimes a thing 
that we're not very good at doing is like leaving <laughs> just blank space, which makes it really readable for me at least. Mm. Like the text is spaced well. But I think there's, for me, one of the things that was coming up as you were saying that is like, this might just be me because I'm obviously like a very silly person. And so a lot of the <laughs> games I play are very silly <laughs> um, and super comedic. And a lot of the games that I'm drawn to are really comedic. But I also think that a lot of people who make games don't realize or don't speak to how comedic their games are going to be in play. And I think about this a lot with like a lot of the OSR stuff and a lot of like classic fantasy and grimdark stuff. And I'm like, oh, you guys are taking yourself so fucking seriously. And it makes your game books miserable to read because we all know we're just going to take all these little guys and murder them in these outlandish ways and laugh the entire time and then every once in a while there's going to be a big scary monster but we're not actually playing a horror game so it's not actually big and scary we're just trying to be triumphant or whatever like it's much the what most games that i have participated in and most games i've watched people play have high comedy value right yeah. and yep. but most games do not write their books with any kind of comedy in it and I think that discrep- I think there's a fear of like writing your game book comedically, yeah. Because there, or I could see a fear in being like, oh, but then I'm setting the tone for play, and I'm like, yeah, but my mm-hmm. dude, when you write it like super grimdark, we're all laughing at you the entire time anyway. <laughs> like it's not nobody. You can't take grimdark seriously because it's just toxic masculinity, the genre. So if you're taking it seriously, there's probably something else that needs to happen there. But like the it's it is meant to be like hyperbolic generally. I'm using Grimdark because it's the one that frequently appears in fantasy games. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm not singling it out for any other particular reason. It just feels like the really prevalent tone to a lot of game books is Grimdark fantasy. Uh, and the, the comedy in the writing is what makes it feel so ingestible. Like it's such an ingestible and enjoyable thing to read because mm-hmm. there is that tone in the writing i don't think that means this game is played any more comedically than any other game other than like you know games that are explicitly saying they're trying to do an emotional thing right like i think there's a lot of games that are meant to be like emotionally harrowing or emotionally intense or really focused on hard emotions and those games are doing their own thing but like for an average kind of like like osr games like rules light slot this use this base system in whatever game you want to play style of game, I think they all kind of would benefit with a little lightening of the actual way the rules are presented, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah. Because it does make it, it doesn't make me feel like I'm less emotionally attached to this game. It makes me feel like I'm having a good time learning the game myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I Um, think the, this this speak to a lot of like meeting the players where they are um right like because like you mentioned right like even with like grimdark uh serious games players are gonna take it and like goof off you're gonna name your character like serious pants or something like that (laughs) um and and that's not nothing to do with the game right like unless like you say no you can only choose these names for your character right people are just gonna find ways to like goof off within the game um uh for for various reasons, right? Sometimes it's because like, hey, that that's just uh, an outlet for us to like make the game more enjoyable, uh, rather than engage with with it um, seriously. Because like you know, in in the context of where when when and where we are playing it, um, you know, at at Jim's house um, after work, right? Like you might not want to en- engage with um, with some of the the serious matter, and and you you have like goofing off um, that you can do. Um, but I I feel like this game isn't even written very, very comedically, right? It's not like, um, it doesn't present itself as a comedic game, right? Um, it is it, the is the impression I get. It's like, look, the, the these things are are weird and like like sometimes yes, it's funny, but like it it feels. It it, draw, it I, I feel like it actually walks a fine line between like like being haha this is weird and funny and like hey hey you can that there's just enough space for you to do both in it mm-hmm. right and it doesn't presume which one which way you, you're gonna go yeah there's definitely and there, like even in the like in the backgrounds and in the sample adventure and stuff like there feels like there's enough like oh that could just be really sad. Like, Mm -hmm. that could just be, like, weirdly emotive. 
and I do think it's more about weird than comedy. I, I mm-hmm. but it is this nice like light tone in which there are like, occasional jokes that makes me feel like yeah. it's really easy to get into the vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's acknowledging that like comedy can exist, right? Which a lot of games don't. Yeah, and it's also, like, it's impossible to take something serious if there's no jokes, right? Like, if we think about, mm-hmm. like, you know, the best movies in the world or whatever, or, like, what's the last movie, what's the last media properly that made you cry? I bet there were jokes in there, right? Like, because it's, like, there's <laughs> not, it's not, if you have a joke, you can't also have a serious emotional moment, right? Like, that's not, in fact, I think it's actually kind of impossible to have one kind of emotional engagement without another kind of emotional engagement. Um, and so I do think that having... It's funny because as I'm saying that, I'm like, the book has an incredibly tonally, it has a, it's very tonally consistent, but part of the way in which it is tonally consistent is by having multiple different things within it, right? Like by having not a ton of uh, consistency, like content, because it is about being weird, right? There is all the, the weirdness is kind of ever present, um, but the, the tone seems to like stay there. Which I think is part of why I say, like, oh, I I enjoy it mechanically, but I also enjoy its flexibility, and I enjoy the tone, and the tone is very much so a thing I'm drawn to. And so, like, that's why I make that comment off the off the top, where it was like, I don't know that I need more than Troika to, like, <laughs> if I just wanted to play games for the next 10 years, like, I can play whatever I want to play, probably, in Troika. Um in that context of, like, if I were a person who had, like, a consistent group that wanted to play a long campaign, that's even more true. Um, because well, and also there is so much its, flexibility. Yeah, and in its 100 pages, it has character creation, rules, GM advice, game design advice for making your own, like, monsters and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It has an introductory adventure. Which is so good. A spell list, like... It it shouldn't feel like such a crazy accomplishment to do all that in just over 100 pages, but compared to some of the <laughs> books we've read here, it's like, wow, this feels miraculous in yeah, a way. Yeah, you got a whole bestiary in there. Like, there's just, like, it does It does feel like a, a great accomplishment. Yeah, and it's not packed tight. Like, there are full-page illustrations all throughout and, like, mm-hmm. room to breathe, like you said. I it don't has know. an oops. It has a chaos spell failed table, mm-hmm. which we know is... One of my weaknesses, the way you lure me into an unmarked van is, oh, look, uh, your spell fail table. Uh, yeah. So, so, so would, you, would you cut 40% of this, this game? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. My own, my own statement's being used against me. Uh, I mean, you, I, the only way I would not, this, this book is perfectly reasonably sized, but you could, mm-hmm. you could, you could not have the character backgrounds in the main book and you'd still have a very good book and you could just have character backgrounds being their own little zines all over the place, which is what happened. But I do feel like they are so good at setting up the tone, the yeah, tone that yeah. I would not. Uh, yeah. But I, I 40% the character... of the book is character backgrounds. <laughs> I think the character backgrounds do a lot, right? And, and, and it's really important. I, I think it's a really important move for them to have the character backgrounds immediately after the introduction. Yeah, right. like page three is the first yeah, background. Yeah, immediately after saying like, look, uh, think think about creating in the gaps rather than worrying about like all that stuff. Look at this cool shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> don't worry about the rules just yet. Look at this cool shit, right? Um, um, and, and I think one of the, the, the things that this book does really well is the snippet, right? Like the, the description. Um, like it doesn't, it doesn't write lore it doesn't write like big pieces of text in 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 like trying to explain things it just gives you a snippet and 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 trusts you to kind of like fill in space right which is a i guess a typical like osre like move of like like writing just as much as you need to write um but like i I think this this is the the uh the thing that i appreciate from the game is like how how like like we talk about like you know, <laughs> putting like a, a simple thing next to like a strange thing, right? Like like page two of the, is it page two? Yeah, page two of the, the the uh the character like the character backgrounds three and four. That's the befaller of pawns, the 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 pawn pisser that we talked about, uh, right next to like the most boring burglar. 
but also right. the burglar also contains the descriptor as a second story man, which I think yeah. is so funny. <laughs> Just the the small <laughs> snippet of as a second story man. It's like, oh, now yeah. I want to play this burglar like the floor is lava. Like this is not. <laughs> well, no, the art. So all the background the art, I believe, really is by Dirk uh, Dirk Detweiler, um, mm-hmm. who did like Super Blood Harvest and Silent Titans. Um, it adds the art adds so much. Yeah, there's this like really almost irradiated yellow and red color scheme to a lot of mm-hmm. them. Uh, there, it's like not necessarily uh, accurate. You know, it's not current game console arts. It's like uh, it's you know, evocative little art. It's, right. Yeah. It feels like if someone used a PS One game engine to make lino cut wood stamp you know like mm-hmm. it i i love it i don't know they, they feel like they should all be tarot cards yes yes, yes. yeah a hundred percent yeah they're yeah. it's really it also is like one of the things that kind of always one of the things that bothers me with osr games again don't know if this counts but like i have a hard time with factions because mm-hmm. i don't always I, I i haven't played with them a lot so they're kind of unfamiliar and so my brain still hasn't like clicked with how they always kind of work and i and it's not that there is a specific way in which they work it's just always like mm, i don't know how i want to pull these into whatever game i'm playing and part of that is because they often are a list somewhere in a book mm-hmm. um and Sometimes they compete with one another and sometimes they don't. And what's really nice about the the backgrounds here is that what it feels like is your players are going to roll three or four backgrounds and so many of them are implying factions without describing mm-hmm. anything about them. Because yep. so many of them are like members of a group. So many of the backgrounds are members of a group, which instantly gives you this like world building element of, well, then that group has to exist in this world, you know, mm-hmm. but there's no, it's not like you then go and reference that, that group somewhere. There's no, there's no, there's no more information other than in some cases, like the title of a background to yeah. imply that these things are already in there. And it's like, to me, it feels like a, it's an easier way. Cause it's already like tied in, to characters and also they don't there's something about them not existing unless a character rolls them that i really enjoy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh that makes it feel a little easier to throw into a game because i tend to what i've realized is just like my 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 gm brain breaks i'm not that gm who wants to spend 37 years planning and figuring out what the implications are and what all the intrigue and what the court drama is behind everything i'm like if i have to manage more than like three or four things at a time and those three or four things are usually three or four players <laughs> then it's <laughs> too much for me to manage um mm-hmm. and so i don't always i don't always click with all the extra things but when they're just thrown into the backgrounds in that way i just feel like they create whole worlds like i feel like you can roll four backgrounds and you have a whole world yeah yeah there's there's that story about like um hidetaka miyazaki who who uh, who's the director of the Dark Souls games? Um, like, like, like his understanding of like Western fantasy came from like snippets of like translated bits of of books uh, that he never read like the full translations for. Oh, right. So that's so good. So that 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 influences how he he puts lore into the games, where it's just like oh weird little snippets that imply a lot. Um, um, it. <laughs> And and I I feel very uh, uh, um, I feel very connected to that because like growing up uh, like when we were just starting to to you know when the internet was young right um, and like there's all of these like books and and TV shows and sh- and and shit that like you couldn't like back then like like trying to remember back then like like twenty years ago like there's no way I could have watched like like uh, translated anime. Right, unless you had like bootleg like VHSs, and then like no no one wrote things down, and like you you couldn't trust that the translations were were good, uh, and so like I I went into like 
like weird forums and like websites um not 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 wikis but like right like i was gonna say there was and, no and, wikipedia yeah there yeah. was just like someone's geo cities or whatever yes and like you have to trust that like what they're saying what they wrote down on their, like their, <laughs> their blog right like actually makes sense like but but it's like all filtered through through all their own um um biases right and like like <laughs> Like I love Gundam, right? Like, like, um, this is one. Th- this is a thing that a lot of people know about. I I love Max and I love Gundam. Like, I my first like 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 exposure to Gundam was through the the uh the MAHQ page, and I just I was I I learned about all these robots with no context to like who pilots them, why they 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 exist, uh, or or like what they are doing, right? Um, so I made up like stories in my own head of like oh this mentions this faction and like this mentions this other character um and like i just imagine like what the stories are right without actually ever seeing them you were playing troika um, but with Gundam. yeah yeah <laughs> but i i think that's that's like like that, that feeling you mentioned about like reading the the backgrounds and like just like making a constellation out of them of like what what it implies about a world right like that's that same feeling from like that that early internet to me and i think it's a good Feeling. I'm not going to say, oh, it's ideal. People these days don't know what they're missing <laughs> or anything like that. But I yeah. think this kind of, there's a magic that happens when you juxtapose a few things that you don't know a lot about and your brain mm-hmm. starts making these connections, especially if there's nowhere to look for someone else's mm-hmm. connections. If you can't look up what this thing means or if you're in kind of a, a strange context, uh, there is a little spark, at least in my head, that gets me thinking in ways that doing deep research on something does not do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I highly recommend if it's possible, like go to some weird museum and don't look up anything. Don't read the (laughs) artist statements or anything like that. And just like, you know, imagine a role playing game of this painting and that painting and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good. (laughs) <laughs> it also it is i have run the the intro adventure in the back of this book and it is yep. good it is it's good it's such a weird adventure it's so yeah, yeah. Good. should we talk about that <laughs> yeah it's extremely good it was i ran it because i asked the internet like hey what what are some good like intro adventures like what are really good mm-hmm. examples of intro of intro adventures in books and multiple people were like the one in troika play the one in troika i was like okay gotta gotta do it it's just a fucking elevator ride up a building (laughs) but you can also take the stairs you can't take the stairs um yeah so it's called the blanc mange is that how you say it blanc mange i don't know how to pronounce french probably but and thistle which is the name of this extravagant hotel cast in gold and chrome and there's like a party on the top floor right or on the roof Mm -hmm. or something and so you're just riding up the elevator to get to this party and different things happen at different floors. People come on, people come off. If if you if you can't hack it in the elevator, you can get off the elevator and take the stairs and there's other things that happen there. Um, there's this trend in adventures that I do not like that is sort of like walk through this space and look at this weird stuff and touch <laughs> it. But that provides like no reason to touch stuff but also has nothing coming out to the players um and i don't i'm not going to name names i can't even remember any of them i just know i've read a few and thought like this is just a walking simulator but for an adventure but i like walking simulators but i don't like those adventures but this one circumvents it by throwing all this weird stuff at the players and like giving them things to react to mm-hmm. I don't know, Max, what was your experience running it? What did you like? What do you remember? I just found that it was really, like, people were very in, they were really into pushing the buttons yeah. and pulling the knobs. Like, I think, <laughs> you know, like, what you're saying is, like, the things that they were, nothing, nothing felt, it didn't seem like I was like, oh, and then there's this weird thing on floor four of too many tigers or whatever. Uh, and there's just, like, and nobody was like, Oh, that's cool. Bye. You know, like there was never a moment where somebody was like, I don't want to interact with the weird thing that you're presenting me with, which I do think is sometimes a problem. Uh, And 
I mean, I usually only play with people that are like in for whatever we've all committed to. So if I, you know, if we say like your point, the goal is to get to the top of the the, the elevator, then people are like, okay, our goal, we got to do this with all our might. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. It was just, there was just, everything was fun to interact with. It's mm-hmm. all kind of, I also do feel like I could run it a bunch of different times and it would never be the same. Mm-hmm which feels rare uh and then at the end you also get a you get some like potential future adventure hooks and mm-hmm. they aren't actually adventures they're just little they're more with fun little like two sentence lines that could like lead into a campaign uh, there's something i'm trying to find the one that we ended on but it was something about sausages something <laughs> that's what i remember this was like a year ago there was something about sausages uh there is one about somebody wanting a fresh sausage roll sausages have been banned in the city for months but can be acquired through black market contacts and the person you meet really wants a fucking sausage roll and it just like it's that's such nonsense and everybody was like oh, well, I want to keep playing. Like, I want I want to go into session two because now we have to find the sausage black market. Like, I need, mm-hmm. I need to know how the sausage black market works in this town. And I don't know if they're all that good, but it, I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's... I don't feel like it's every adventure I've run where players are like, I would like more of this, please. <laughs> like, instantly say, right at the end. I will say sausages are good. They are all that good. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get your gallbladder out so you can. Yeah, eat some it's sausages. happening. Two and a half weeks. I'm gonna eat sausage. I'm not. I'm gonna slow. I'm gonna slowly introduce fat, so I will not be eating sausages in two and a half weeks. Uh, <laughs> but it's finally happening. I'm gonna chop that. They're gonna, as my partner keeps saying, they're gonna it out, and I don't like that sound effect, knowing that it's something that's going to be happening to an organ inside my body. But here we are. Everybody else Just now. Just think also of it as a troika adventure. <laughs> that the, my surgeon is going on an adventure and my that's very you know magic school bus wasn't one, one of my appendix ends but you just said that and i was like magic school bus is the correct <laughs> troika appendix end <laughs> there isn't actually something that is more troika than magic school bus that's uh, good. yeah it's just all of all it's just like it's so much fun and it's so mm-hmm. It's so light mechanically, and I don't mean that as bare. I think this is the Mm. thing, is that I don't mean that it's bare mechanically, because I actually find that some games are light enough that it is hard to run them, because you're always making calls. And I'm okay to always make calls, but there is something about, like, wanting some support sometimes... I, I mean, I've said this before. I love a game that will, like, surprise me when I'm GMing, that has some tools in it to, like, really throw mm-hmm. a wrench into something. And so when things get too light and it's all me making every fun and exciting decision and trying to, like, you know, be the bringer of chaos or whatever or or bring the excitement constantly, that can be... That's a lot more work than something that actually, like, flows a little better and has enough tools that they don't feel like a burden to have to wield but also they are at least present to help you make calls and decisions. And I do feel like Troika has enough of that and that some of them are player facing in a really good way. Like the way in which players can like develop new skills and like up their skill level feels really good or even apply their skills and skills are just weird little evocative lines. Um, Yeah, it feels, yeah. So I mean light in that it is not heavy, not light as Mm -hmm. a bear. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you bring up skills because like, I, I noticed like there's a uh, in the second floor passenger uh, section for this adventure, like it has advi- advice for you to like invent new advanced skills when you can't find an existing one. Um, and uh, there's also uh, uh, which floor is it? Fifth, sixth floor? No. Um, there's the fifth floor passenger with the mysterious friend. Um, that uh, that there's like explicit GM advice is like to, to play this mysterious friend as sincerely enthusiastic, uh, but the origin and purpose of this little thing is for you to decide. Um, so that there's there's definitely like like you mentioned like there's a lot of stuff in here that's like okay he, here's the explicit like stats and like things that you can do, uh, but there's also s- advice in here of like how to make stuff up, 
um, and also like like places for you to sort of explicitly. You no, know, you should just make up stuff for this one. I'm not giving you anything here. Um, uh, that is really nice as a for an intro adventure because it feels like it's also like teaching you how to play the game. Right? Yeah, I definitely yes. think it's trying mm. to teach you. It's giving you it's giving you some tools on how to GM, which I think is often not present in intro adventures. Yeah. They're usually focused on like how do you teach the players how to play, not how do you teach a GM how to GM. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and and I, I think it's really cute that like it's you're just trying to make your way to the sixth floor. That's it. Right? <laughs> um be, because it feels like like you know how many times um, I've I've run a few like in, intro adventures uh, in, in my day and like you know you it, it writes all of this stuff of like oh you find this you find these like like enemies and then there's all these like big thing that it, it gets to and then you you spend your first two sessions just trying to get through like one corridor, um, <laughs> right? Like sometimes like oh like you just get through like two rooms and like oh my god like like this is supposed to be a, a an intro adventure that's supposed to be able to be finished in two sessions and we're gonna play eight sessions of this. Right. Yeah. Um, because sometimes players just take their time, right? And I feel like this this intro adventure kind it's kind of like, like nodding its head at like look. Sometimes this happens, uh, and th- this is this is a, might as well be a good way for you to like like play the game. <laughs> right. Um, Let's take the whole session to go up one elevator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, good. you're stuck in here with a pig far pig father now. So <laughs> I guess I guess this is the whole session is about this. Pink yeah, father, um, mysterious friend. Actually, I, 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 I don't know how much time we have left, but like, not having played it before, I am curious how the initiative system works in play. I've only used it on the internet. To be fair, I wish, yep. I wish that I had, uh, I wish that I had like a bag with tokens to play it properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I like it, but I, mm. it is the thing that I, I have heard some people don't like and i think mm-hmm. i think the initiative system is the hardest thing to sell people on if they're coming from something like D because there's a chance that you don't get to act you know like it's yeah. not so the initiative system just like super quick oh yes that's important is all for each each player tosses two chips in a bag it could be two cards in a stack monsters get some added and then one chip is end of round and then you put all the chips back in and start again so conceivably, the GM could draw and a monster goes, the GM could draw and a monster goes, and then you draw end of round and you put them all back in and start over. Um, I think that's partially ameliorated by if the monster attacks you and you roll higher, you hurt you just, them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so like, there's never, uh, there's never a long back and forth of you rolled and missed, you rolled and missed. You rolled yeah. and missed. I rolled and missed. Like stuff is always happening anyway. Um, I can definitely imagine a worst case scenario where the players just keep not getting to go. But I think that's so rare. And I think you could also just be like, "This sucks. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm drawing a next a different chip instead or whatever. I don't know. I feel like it would. I also feel like if you're you know if you're setting yourself up to play Troika, kind of explaining the initiative system and be like we can use this or we can not use this. Like I do think some people remove it to play Troika, Mm -hmm. but I also, I have this like, just lean into that. If that happens, you know, like if you are sitting there and you're on your third round and uh, no players have gone, just be like, we are in a statistic improbability, (laughs) right? right? Like story. This let's just go with it. This is weird that this has happened. Uh, But I could also be like, yeah, if you're not, if you're a player that's missed two rounds or whatever, but it's not, it's mm-hmm. hard. Cause it's not like D and D like rounds don't take 45 minutes. So you're not mm-hmm. sitting there waiting forever. And if you're, if the GM is like, if what's going is the monsters are going, then it should be engaging the players anyway. Like I, I do mm-hmm. think there's more, if you're coming from a D and D lens, I could see reading it and being like, Oh, that feels kind of, I'm, 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 that is the thing I'm the least excited about the whole book, but I do think that it mm-hmm. plays a little smoother and a little bit more collaboratively than it reads. Cool. Is my thing about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially if you use the card stack version, like like a simple hack could be like, you just, <laughs> you can put the end of round card 
roughly like two thirds down, right? right? So there's still there's still um there's still uncertainty, but then you eliminate the the outliers of like drawing the the end of round too early. You could just like do a simple. Hack yeah, that it's way. It, yeah. yeah. Any of these imagined problems are so easy to fix. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, not that a game should require you to fix a problem with yep. its rules, but um, yeah, like Max said, I think I would just lean into it. Yeah. We are kind of coming up on an hour. Mm. I did just want to quickly say I also love the spell descriptions. Yeah, talk about there, spells. Yeah. There's a lot of like you know stuff coming out of wizards' noses, like just weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Web, right? <laughs> yeah. They're all just like very evocative or like your nose detaches and can smell thoughts. Like none of them it's very they I mean they have like jolting grasp or whatever. They cover, again, as with the backgrounds, you could just be a wizard that shoots fire. But most of them seem very unique. Uh, I also love the Mien's in the bestiary. Mm. So you can roll how a monster feels when it first pops up. Uh, the Knight of the Road, for instance, might be curious, wary, drunk, rowdy, predatory, or friendly. Um, and each one has its own table like that. Which I love because again, it's like these things aren't necessarily here to fight. They might just they might be friendly. They might be here to hang out. Yeah, they're good. Okay, you wanted to talk about inspirations. I think that's an interesting convo. So you should, we should do it. Uh, I mean, I think as far as I'm concerned, we covered it. <laughs> but if someone else has something they want to add, should I read those Gene Wolfe books? <laughs> I didn't like them. I have them. They've been sitting on my to-read shelf for literal years. Yeah. And they have never been the thing I've picked up. But it's because they seem like they're going to be a lot of work to get through. Yeah. So so I, I, I haven't read them, but I only became aware of them because I've been listening to a podcast called Shelf by Genre. Um, by the range, it's put out by the Range Touch Network. So it's uh, by Michael Lutz, um, Cameron Kunzelman, and Austin Walker, uh, where they are just reading through... Uh, the book of the new sun and talking about it um and uh yeah <laughs> so so i i get i get to know like a lot of the weird shit without reading the book <laughs> again maybe an ideal way to consume some of this stuff is secondhand <laughs> through some people having an opinion about it yeah, yeah. Uh, the tone of the books parts. is not the tone of troika at all yeah it takes some names from yep. the books but some like concepts to, yeah yeah it's, it's, it feels like I a just, serious Grimdark Man book, and I've always like sometimes I'm into that, and then sometimes I'm not, and so I just like haven't. It's like also explicitly like a Catholic, mm. or not explicitly, mm. very heavily implicitly. <laughs> it's about Catholicism. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, obviously, I, when I say it's been on my to read shelf for literal years, every time I finish a book i go to my read shelf i pick up like three or four of them and i read the first 10 pages and see which one picks me and obviously that has never happened with these books <laughs> so they have never i have picked them up and read the first 10 pages and been like oh this i mean i can see the appeal but it feels like a lot for my brain and then i put them back <laughs> and if uh, you really want to check out some gene wolf work i would suggest pringles he invented the pringle <laughs> That is yes. my favorite work of Gene Wolfe's. Uh, yeah, yeah, he worked on the machine that made that, that like made the Pringles, right? Yeah, like yeah. press the potato pieces yeah. into a chip. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, so, since we are on the, should we should we move to appendix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Better yeah. other different yeah. books, maybe, or also uh, media. Max, like you're segment. first. I'm first. Yeah. Well, I mean, Magic School Bus now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually, I had, I, I was having a hard time with this one because I was like, I don't, there's something in Troika for me that is about genre switching, like that is a, a genre mm. meshing. And I don't feel like a lot of books do that. Um, and then, and then I was like, oh, like the really easy one is the Dying Earth. <laughs> uh, I feel like mm. the Dying Earth is the really easy, this feels like a Troika campaign. Yeah. Um, by Jack Vance, which I really enjoyed because it is just like weird and it is kind of like pseudoscience fantasy. Um, but I asked my partner 
as Dizzy, uh, who reads because Izzy reads more science fiction. Like I read more fantasy, and Izzy reads more science fiction. And so I was like, okay, if I said like weird space fantasy, but like really hard on the weird, like kind of bizarro. Um, and Izzy said quite quickly, "There's a book called Space Opera." Um, that is that she described as a galactic Eurovision. <laughs> and I was like, mm, that sounds like Troika. Yes. No, that that's, I don't even need to know more about it uh, to know that that. And she was like, yeah, I guess like there's a competition of people of like sentience that is a song contest because you can't, that's the like bar for being considered sentient is that you can sing. Uh, oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, that sounds fun like i was like this is great it has a very silly cover uh it's by catherine valente i don't know as he said it was good but that was that when when she was like galactic eurovision i was like yes galactic eurovision is troika 100 <laughs> percent uh mine was initially gonna be taskmaster because an episode of taskmaster just feels like the elevator ride in troika but max <laughs> fucking time copped me wow so i've used ta- taskmaster before uh so my revised one is uh, Jim Henson movies like Labyrinth mm. and oh, yeah. Dark Crystal. Um, and then if you want game material, you should go back and read the AD&D Planescape books. I think all the PDFs are on DriveThru and right. elsewhere on the internet if you don't <laughs> want to give DriveThru money. Um, but some of those are strange and lots of places weird places connected by portals Hmm. i have a fucking labyrinth tattoo i should have thought of that (laughs) angry at myself i've failed myself once again well it's a good thing you time copped uh aaron into (laughs) (laughs) see max sometimes cops are good wow (laughs) podcast over (laughs) also friendship I'm kidding. I hate we, police. We know they are always bad. We we know we are we are we are in a cab space. <laughs> All cats are beautiful. Uh, Aaron, what you thinking? What you feeling? Um, yeah, I I ended up picking uh, "Forming" by Jesse Moynihan. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a comic uh, by Jesse Moynihan. Uh, there's two volumes I think put out by Nobrow Press. Um, Jesse Moynihan is also, I think, a, a storyboarder on Adventure Time. Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly what 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 their role on on Adventure Time was, but I know they worked on Adventure Time. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in forming that that echoes uh, some of the things in Adventure Time. There's a lot of like mythic um, things in here, like like this co- combining um, like Babylonian and uh, Greek uh, and like. Uh, like Christian myth, um, all together into the, like this weird, uh, a- uh, aliens coming into uplift Earth kind of story, um, uh, and it has all that like weird science fantasy thing. Um, it's also very r- rude. <laughs> um, yes, great. A lot of dicks uh, cr- out. Crude. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> which, which is a. I feel like it, it is an intentional, uh, move, right? To like, like, like look like part part of uh this like mythic thing is also that like people like fuck and shit you know (laughs) right like the gods also fuck and shit um um and like i feel like that that vibes a lot with like what troika is trying to do um troika definitely fucks and shits it might not say it like in the book anywhere but a hundred percent it definitely pisses yeah it does it does in fact (laughs) Um, like with the way Troika mixes like 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 really um, fun light weird things with like very uh, um, like straight up horror stuff in there as well, uh, not just like cosmic horror but like like look they're just cannibals here, <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I I think I think there's some stuff in there. It's been a while since I've read the comics, so I don't remember if it's like that. There's like any like bad shit in there um but i remember them being really interesting so check it out 
Yeah, I and... have to read them. It seems like it's a it's a web comic. Yeah, it's like you could just mm. go and read it on the internet. I had maybe I just had two big hardcovers. I think. Yeah, oh, same. Weird. I looked at it. It's uh... like here's the webcam comic. Like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. cool then. Yeah. <laughs> so check out for me, and also check out Aaron's games. Where oh. can they do that? Yeah, you can find my stuff uh, uh, on itch at e h r o n l i m e dot itch dot io. That's that's where you can find my games. If people have never read one of your games, what would you say they should start with? Uh, um, <laughs> baby's first RPG, uh, I think, <laughs> uh, would be a good one to start with because it's literally your baby's first RPG. Um, it's very funny. Like like someone asked me this recently uh, at like Big Bad Con. Like, well, what about my novels? I I make like really earnest. Um, uh, emotional games so and altogether different river was the one you all read which is about uh, leaving a place and then coming back to it um, so but I good. also really love making shitpost games um, <laughs> so either one of those yeah if you want feelings go for an altogether different river if yeah. you want to put your fingers in your mouth as a game mechanic then baby's first RPG yeah oh my god <laughs> yes I, wonderful I really have like three games that use fingers so get my get my fingers trilogy yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna expect there to be a fingers trilogy like at least like little category on your itch page from from now you need to re-release those in a zine I would like the zine format of the fingers trilogy yeah, <laughs> uh, it's mildly threatening. The fingers, tr- the phrase, the fingers trilogy. <laughs> this is that's a perfect note to end on. Um, mm-hmm. Come to our Discord if you want to to talk about games and other stuff. Uh, support us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RTFMcast. There are a bunch of episodes up there where we talk about smaller zine games like An Altogether Different River. Um, I released a new speedrun supplement called the Night Queen's Nuptials, where you can get married to the Queen of Hell. Wow. I Anything gotta release else? something one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did uh, repent pretty recently. That's true. I still yeah. do love that game, and I don't promote it at all. Were you going to say something, Aaron? Uh, I was just going to mention that. Didn't, didn't you just release the game? <laughs> I mean, I guess just I yeah I have the bad I have the bad I spend too much time around game designers brain weasel of like if you don't release a thing every month or whatever but listen I'm having surgery two and a half since weeks. like last year yeah <laughs> I'm having surgery two and a half weeks my partner broke her foot yesterday there's not yeah. I am not going to be releasing a game anytime in the near future yeah. is, uh, feet they break easy mm. well <laughs> great <laughs> great ending. Don't break your feet. Don't break your feet. Good advice. As we always say here, don't break your feet. Izzy doesn't listen. (laughs) All right. That's it. We're done.